Yara, and welcome to the Yarnic Circle. My name is Azai Hippersley, a proud Pitta Pitta man. I pay my respects to the Gunnarbal, New Guinea, and Nunakal First Nation people of the Kwanamuka region, who recognize a continuing connection to land, water, and sky, to the dreaming and all things living. We pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, past, present, and emerging, who strengthens and guidance us, continually nurtures us, and inspires us to be future custodians of this land. I'm really, really interested to know on like, um, what you've gone through personally. Um, I think it's really cool like being able to see you um in the gym was really really like influential for me and really motivated me so me personally like that day i was just having really really shitty day i didn't want to go to the gym at all i was just feeling low feeling crap and then when i seen you walk in i was like wow like you know for you you know you from what i physically seen like you struggle to walk a little bit with your crutches and I was like man if someone can pick themselves up that already struggles physically and to bring themselves into the gym like I'm lucky like I'm blessed like and it really picked me up and it really motivated me so um yeah just tell me a little bit about like yourself and your past I really want to get your story out there and I really want to you know um get to learn about you a little bit more and just just have a bit of a yarn so um so um my story starts off um I was born and raised in New Zealand. Yep. Uh, I've been in Australia for eight years now. Yeah, awesome. Um, I, I come over here uh, a few, well, probably nine years ago now. My, my young fella made a under-21s grand final. Yeah, awesome. So we come over to watch, uh, watch him play. Um, back home, even in summer, I've got the fire gun, heater on. Yeah. And, and I was basically confined to a, um, to a mechanical lazy boy. Because yep. I couldn't move. Um, yep. They got me over here and instantly just the warmth yep. was a totally, uh, totally different um, yeah, feeling. Wow. So um, the weather actually helped you oh, physically? I, yeah, I, wow. I, um, I used to get sick quite a lot. Yeah. Um, very sick. Yeah. And uh, in the eight years I've been in Australia, I've never been sick, never had COVID, mm. never had... Just I don't know the something in the air here. Yeah. Um, yeah wow. And uh, I said to the wife, "We got to move here." Yeah, hundred percent. I, I feel too good here. Yeah. And um, so that's it. We we, we come over here. You know, we, we we give ourselves five years to see if we like it. Yeah. Wow. You know, because I, I I believe you know you are not gonna know in, in in a year or two. You got to give it a decent go. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Um, and. Uh, I just found people here so awesome, you know. Um, yeah, cool. Everybody's. Oh, I just found everyone really awesome here. Yeah, um, So we've we we sort of after five years we'd paid rent, we'd paid over a hundred thousand in rent, and I said to the wife, "That's it. We either go home or we buy." Mm-hmm. And fortunately enough for us, um, a house come up in Victoria Point, and because we just absolutely love this place. Yeah. Um, so bang, we snapped it up and um, been living life beautifully here, you know. Yeah, awesome. So you mentioned that you struggled back in back home um, physically. Do you want to touch a little bit on that? Like, what's the story behind that? What what happened? Um, well, I started off uh, as a young child. Or I got sent away to be a jogging. Yeah. As you can see, I'm pretty small. Um, but uh, all my life, I've been struggling with a heart problem. Wow. But but I didn't know I had a heart problem. I just thought it was normal. Yeah. And then one day I was in a race and um, 
bang, I kicked in and uh, I, I, I blanked out and fell off the horse and uh, wow. woke up in hospital. And um, that's when they discovered I had a, had a major heart problem. Yeah, wow. Which basically ended my career as a jockey. Yep. That was it all over. Yep. Um, I then moved back home. Uh, my dad died um, in nineteen eighty four, and I was only fifteen then. So uh, yep. it was a it was a really big um, loss for me. Mm. Uh, my dad was everything to me. Mm. So uh, even today, I still you know every day I think about my dad, and, yeah, and yeah, uh, of you know, so it was a massive loss. Um, I then got into because um, prior to Going away to be a jockey, I was involved in league. I was, a, you know, played schoolboy league. And, yep, yep. Um, my 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 mum's brother was a top flight league player, and uh, he ended up here in Australia and playing here in Brisbane. So yeah, awesome. Uh, um, so I got involved in league and um, got into coaching, refereeing. Yeah. Um, but in the area I, I live in. Um, is a big gang problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I love taking young fellas, pulling them aside and saying, we, you know. Yeah. Giving them a bit of a don't, life. Don't you want to see the world? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You awesome. know, and, and unfortunately for a lot of the kids, um, uh, it's intergenerational. A hundred percent. Family members and gangs and, yeah. and what have you. And, and and that's really all they know, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah. through the league and what have you, uh, through our club, we we, we, we want to change these kids and say, yeah. well, no, you know, they're, they're, you know, be the one that changes. Yeah. Be that one that changes. Yeah. And um, I know your uncles are in in the gang. I know your cousins are in the gang. I know your dads in the gang. I know your brothers are in the gang. Yeah. Be the one that changes. Mm. You know, why don't you be that one that changes? Mm. You know, and um, I've seen it. Uh, a few kids that I've worked with, um, you know, change their life around. Yeah, awesome, you know, awesome. just by, well, you done well, putting your arm around them. Yeah, mate, you done well, and you know, seeing if, you know, it's like mm. I've never heard or never been told. Uh, mm. You know, you done well. Yeah. So I don't know if you know, but um, my my job outside of this, <laughs> um, is I actually work with disengaged youth and troubled youth. Um, so that's actually my job. Um, and you're hundred percent correct on that. Like the amount of, um, you know, things that generational trauma comes with, with, um, young people is, it's just a whole nother level and it's really, really confronting and it's, it's actually really, really upsetting because exactly like you said, you know, uncles, aunties, mum, dad, like it just becomes down the line and it keeps going and it keeps going and unfortunately we have young people that are they fall into that and that generational cycle of oh mum did it it's okay pardon me dad did it it's all right like and they fall in this cycle and and it's really really hard to break that and it's really hard to to mentor that but you know and you're exactly right like encouragement and having these conversations and bringing awareness to it is the absolute most importance and i think it's really really amazing that we have people like yourself that are you know just every day like yeah good on you man like you know pick yourself up like you're doing awesome like those little little bits of encouragement people don't understand that that goes such a long way for some people especially young 
young people that are influenced really easily. easily. Yeah, influenced. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So, does your so your you were talking about your your culture. Do you want to touch a little bit more on that? Well, um, I'm, I'm, my tribe is Tuhui. Yep. Um, and on, on my grandfather's side, on my dad's father's side, yep. Tuhui. And then on my grandmother's side, Natiawa and Tiarua. Yeah. Um, for my for my children, they have four tribes. Those three oh. that I've just mentioned, but then on their mum's side um, is uh, Tiatiawa. Yeah, wow. Okay, and that's Taranaki. Yep. So that's over on the um, west coast mm-hmm. of New Zealand. And two warriors uh, and the other two tribes I mentioned, they're, they're basically in the centre up the top. You know where the volcano uh, erupted? Yes. White, yes. Um, White Island or Fukaiti Island is, yep. is, is the Maori name yep. for it. Um, um, and, you know, for, for, for some of us, we didn't get the chance to be brought up with any of that stuff mm. and um for me my grandparents and all that all ever you you've been a jockey that's it yeah wow nothing else and yeah. and um uh, a lot like um a lot of indigenous people around the world um our, our, our grandparents have a lot of say yeah 100 percent. like a lot of say and me me myself being so like i mentioned before i'm a pitta pitta man um and born and raised on Kornamuka country here in the Redlands. Um and you're hundred percent right. Like we, you know, me for myself personally, like my family haven't done a massive load of um cultural awareness and cultural teaching to us us young fellas, you know. And um I've really had to go, you know, now my adult you know, my adult ages, like I've had to really go searching and really talk to people and really, I grew up with it a little bit when I was younger, um, but not to the extent that um, a lot of my cousins or, or, you know, uncles and aunties did when, you know, they were younger and even so my minor, which means grandmother, um, she was a massive influence to me and she really, really picked me up in the cultural sense and taught me so many things and, you know, there'd be days where I'd go over there and just sit with her and yarn and we'd just talk for hours and hours around, you know, our mob, our people, you know, this is this is your dances, this is your language, these are your... And really get that cultural connection, um, which I'm really, really um, grateful for. So you, you mentioned just then that you you struggled to grow up with that cultural connection. Is that, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the problem was, is, is where my dad comes from and where I was brought, I was brought up in Wellington. Yep. And, and, uh, where my dad comes from is like seven, eight hour drive away. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I didn't get exposed to mm. it. Um, and, and a lot of Maori kids are the same. Mm. didn't get exposed to the language, to, yeah. to the culture. You know what yeah. I mean? We, we, you know, yes, we had a little bit in school, um, yeah. but not to the extent that we could carry on with of it. Of course, of um, course. And, and, and a funny story is, is um, I've recently um, taken up learning my language and yeah, it took me to come to Australia to join a class. Wow. To um, over at Marsden College, um, yep. uh, it's just full of Maori people. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, a few Australians were in there too, and um, learning the language. And yeah, uh, awesome. so it's taken me to come all this way to Australia to 
to start learning. To start learning. Well, there you go. There you so, go. That's that's really interesting. That's really interesting. So, and that's really funny you say that because on from my perspective, so a lot of you know that I've noticed, especially in my age group of young Aboriginal men and women, we there's this kind of um, from suppression and generational trauma. You know, there's not much pride there in our culture and we you know you know even students that i work with now that identify as aboriginal or you know first nations they kind of hesitate and they're like oh yeah like i am but i'm not and they kind of have this whole emphasis around that not necessarily that it's a bad thing but there's not that level of pride um that i personally notice with you know the maori culture and you know new zealand mob and that like you know, I've grown up with a lot of, you know, New Zealand mates and, and there's just this amazing pride that comes with it. And I really, really wish that, you know, and I, I'm going to speak down to the universe, um, that, you know, that will happen for us Aboriginal men and women. And there will be this, you know, uplift of, yeah, you know, I'm proud to be Aboriginal. I'm, I'm proud to be an, from New Zealand. I'm proud to be, you know, this cultural um pride that comes with that and like did you have you do you notice that like is that yeah, something um, one of the things that shocked me when i moved here was you know i was expecting to see aboriginal people everywhere yeah. and oh i was so shocked when i you know i yeah. didn't see yeah. barely any and um until i went went inland on a trip and then i sort of seen them in the small towns yeah and and yeah. and and it really shocked me because um you know, for what I've seen of the Aboriginal culture, um, wow, so beautiful. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, I, like, for Māori, we, we, we're very lucky. Mm-hmm. We're, we're lucky in the sense that, A, we had a treaty signed um, uh, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, um, I, I, I would put it easily at probably somewhere in the percentage of 90% of Pākehā in New Zealand embrace Māori culture. Yeah, wow. Um, Parker is a person of light skin, mm-hmm. um, white person, mm-hmm. but Parker means person of light skin. Yeah, um, we, we we're, we're very lucky that way, yeah. and and uh, you know more and more of our culture is now being taught in the schools. Yeah, that's awesome. you know um, so a lot of Parker, well, while they can't speak a lot of Maori, can get a good gift yeah. of. Oh, 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 you know, basic Maori. Definitely. Do you think that's do you think that's to do with the treaty? Like, do you believe that that kind of developed from that, and there was this neutral respect that was built from that? Because here in Australia, especially Brisbane, Queensland, we don't have that. There is no treaty, and there is no. I believe that there is something in the works at the moment. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'd have to double check that in the facts. Um, but you know we don't have anything like that. There's there's this constant. I hate to say it, but almost like a separation between yeah. and yeah. and I hate that and I I want that to change and that's why, you know I'm I want to be having these podcasts and these interviews and being like hey guys like we have, you know someone of a completely different culture who has already harnessed that and you know like you just said ninety percent of your white fellas down there have embraced your culture and that would be you know so amazing to have here and there are a lot of people that are non you know first nation that do embrace aboriginal culture and they do 
um, you know, create awareness to it, but not to the level of, I think, anywhere near New Zealand is nailing it. Which I, I think is a shame. As I say, I think you have a beautiful culture. Yeah, thanks. Just you. an absolute stunning culture. And it's the oldest culture on the planet. Mm. There is nothing on this planet today that's mm. as old as the Aboriginal culture. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, Māoridom around the world, you know, people just love it. Yeah. They just love it. Mm. They, they, you know, there's a few other things they know in New Zealand by, but... But when they see the Māoridom, they just absolutely mm. love it. And, and you know, it's such a shame because I believe if the Aboriginal culture got out there, um, I think the world would embrace that. Oh, 100%. And, like, you know, I, you know I'm even going to touch on that a little bit more. Like Moana, perfect example. They created a Disney movie, which is now absolutely worldwide. Um, you know, and I think it's so beautiful that Disney embraced that. But I would love to see that from an Aboriginal First Nation perspective, like getting that in the, you know, in the movie world, in the franchise world, and in, you know, only really now have we started noticing, um, especially in Queensland, but across Australia, we're only just getting, you know, people wearing our, you know, Aboriginal designs and, you know, shoes that are done up, you know, and things like this. It's only really just starting to kind of get out there. Um, and I, exactly like you're right, like, you know, our culture is so, so special and so beautiful in its own unique way that I think that people would just love it across oh, the world, across the world, not just Australia. Without a doubt, without a doubt, I can tell you now that, you know, I, I think it's so stunning yeah. and, uh, I, I, I could tell, you know, I wholeheartedly believe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if it was, you know, put out there, the world would, wow. Mm. You know, wow, what a, you know, probably most of the world don't even know it's the oldest culture on, on the planet, mm. you know, and that's such a shame because, mm. wow, you know, um, um, you know, I guess the other thing that, that we had going for us is, is to make change, you know, one or two people can't make a change, mm. but when you come together as a group, um, yeah, change can happen. beautiful, man, yeah. You know, that's... And, and that's what Māori done. Yeah. Um, basically, Māori come together as one with the government. You know, it wasn't all an easy road. Mm. You know, uh, my, my dad, when he was at school, he, my, my dad couldn't speak proper English. Yep. You know, he, he, even even when he died, you know, he was still in that sort of mode where he'd start off talking to you in a sentence, but he couldn't finish it in English. He'd drift into Māori, you know. But he got whipped, mm-hmm. you know, at school, and he, mm. he got, you know, they, they, they got... Um, you know, severely mistreated mm. for speaking Māori, yeah. you know, which is one of the reasons we weren't allowed to learn it, you know, because yeah, wow, to yeah. them it was, you know, oh, no, we don't want you to go through that. Yeah, but, yeah. And that's, you know, that's very, very similar to my old man and, and, and my father. You know, he, he, you know, he has stories of growing up and it's very, very similar. And, you know, like I was talking about before, that generational, like, shame almost and that generational trauma, it's especially that my father's time, it was really hard for them to be able to confidently speak Aboriginal, you know, do, you know, speak his mob or, or do dances and art without there being an automatic put down or shame to that. And I think that's something that is only now starting again to sort of shift 
um, you know, like in my workspace, like, you know, loud and proud, like I've got tattoos, I've got everything, you know, my, my emphasis is to be able to create that awareness and pride back in our youth, yep. especially our youth, because, you know, they're the next generation, you know, our youth are the next step for, you know, whatever happens, you know, and it's, I think it's really important that we leave our legacy with our youth and we influence them and guide them in the right direction. Um, so kind of touching back, you very briefly mentioned around that you were just put in to be a jockey. So let's wind back <laughs> to when you were younger. Um, and you said that you, you know, you were in New Zealand, you were with, um, dad and you were thrown in to be a jockey. T- just touch a little bit more on that. Yeah. So, so when I was 12, um, which is sort of the age you get sent to be, we 